Welcome into the Golden Sombrero Playoff Preview Show. I'm Dominic Stern. I'm currently sitting outside of Arizona State's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communications because they're not open right now. And I didn't know that until about 10 minutes ago. So, yeah. But I, I'm ready to talk some playoff baseball. I don't know about you guys. Cole, uh, how are you doing today? Ryan, I'll get to you in a minute because I have something that I know you'll want to talk about. Cole, how are you doing today and how excited are you for baseball playoffs? Oh, as excited as the next guy is, man. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm happy it's finally that time of year again. Right, October, best time of year. Now, of course, it is still September, and some teams might not even make it to October that are in the postseason, which is kind of weird. So, Ryan, today was a tough day for you as a Royals fan because your favorite all-time player, uh, Alex Gordon, he retired. Today was officially his last day. What are the emotions like watching that and then – how excited are you to watch postseason baseball? I'm going to start off with postseason baseball. I am so excited. I This was something that was filled with uncertainty of even having a season this year, and it's just shown how far society is coming with the whole COVID-19 situation and how everyone has continued to battle through it. It's really inspiring to see, and I'm just happy that baseball, we're seeing playoff baseball where it is most intense and I just can't wait for it. I, this is the best time of the year for me. But the past few days have been very rough. It's been very tough. Uh, Alex Gordon, my favorite athlete ever, uh, wearing his shirt today, uh, decided to hang up his cleats. And 14 years, incredible career. Seven-time gold glover, three-time all-star, World Series champion, really a staple of the Royals organization. It, it hurts. It hurts. Um, I actually, I, uh, as you guys know, I'm not a big crier. I don't cry. That's just not me. I cried multiple times today because it, it sucks. It hurts. Uh, watching him run out of the dugout by himself, I got teared up. And then him running off the field to start the second inning, that hit hard because he's been, when the Royals were bad. Through the ups and the downs, Gordon has always been a staple. He's always been a guy that the team has relied on and looked up to. And one of the hardest workers ever. He did something incredible. He went down in 2010 and came up. He went down as a third baseman, moved to the outfield. And later in July, comes back up and becomes full-time left fielder. Ten years later, has seven gold gloves. And has the most outfield assists out of any player in that time span with 102. Uh, it's it hurts to see my favorite player go. I I'm out of loss of words because the one thing that's always kept me excited to see Royals baseball, even when they haven't been playing well, it's not just been seeing the team and seeing baseball. It's been seeing my favorite athlete go out there and play, and I don't get to see that anymore. And it's it honestly hurts, and congratulations to Gordon. He deserves this. He deserves a statue in Kaufman. He is truly my hero and an inspiration role model to all, and I thank him for everything he did for Royals Nation. Yeah, he's a great player. It was pretty cool to see all the former Royals around the league wear the Pied Tar swipe. Oh, that was – I will say this. Seeing Hosmer, Matchstrom, and Tim Hill do that, that was awesome to see. And, and then with Moustakas, it was it shows the impact Gordon has had 
on all of his teammates, current and former, that he's worked with and been around. And honestly, it was probably the best thing that I've seen this week was seeing all those guys honor him with the pine tar swipe across the name of their jersey. Yeah, and it just shows you how much of an impact that he had on them. He was never the greatest hitter. He had a couple of standout years at the plate, obviously highlighted by his glove, his seven-goal gloves. Uh, if you talk to me, if you've been listening to the show for over a year now, you know that I think that he should only have six that he didn't deserve last year, but that doesn't mean that he's not a great fielder. He absolutely is. Some of the crazy, insane plays that he's made over the years, diving, long running catches and then running into the wall to make catches, the, jumping the into the The best plays when he would run into the wall and he just lays there motionless. And then he just has an innate instinct that he hears trainer Nick Kenny take one step out of the dugout. He gets right back up. It's I'm going to miss seeing that. You guys can disagree with me. He is firmly, definitely in the discussion as one of the greatest defensive left fielders of all time. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer or anything. He'll definitely get some votes. Yeah, he'll get some votes. And I'll say this: I, if his hitting was more consistent throughout his career, he would have. He would actually have a case because of his because of his inconsistencies hitting. He just doesn't have the, a strong enough case to get in. If somehow he gets in, I would be ecstatic. But I don't think he does. I think he'll get a couple votes though. Right. So, uh, Colt, your Diamondbacks played well to wrap up the season. Ryan, your, your Royals, did they finish in last place? I haven't checked the standings as of today. No, we did not. We got fourth. Wow. That's it's killer for uh, specific reasons. Finished yeah. off the season 5-2 and two at home and won three out of four against Detroit in this final four-game series. It was it was incredible to see. It's, it's a good way to finish off Gordo's career, for sure. Yeah, especially today with a win. Just to see them get a win for him was incredible to see. Brady Singer was electric going seven innings. Right. And then my Padres finished off the season with three straight wins in San Francisco when they're fighting for a playoff spot. All they had to do was win one of those games and they'd be playing in this wild card round. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it. Nice little tune-up for the Padres before getting into the postseason. So, uh, you know, regular season's done. It was quite an electric season, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I enjoyed almost every single second of it. There are some times where I'm like, man, this isn't going to get through. It did. The entire season got completed. All all teams except for the Cardinals played all 60 games. They only played 58, and they would have been locked Actually, uh, the Tigers only played 58. As right, well. of course, yes, uh, because those two teams were going to play each other. But, of course, the Tigers didn't play those games because of the Cardinals. So uh, a pretty remarkable job by Major League Baseball, as much as we've criticized them in this past year for being, frankly, just incompetent. They did a good job getting the season completed. What do you guys have to say about that? We'll start with Cole. Cole, it's been a minute since you've gone, since we're talking about Cole. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, as far as health and safety is concerned in this new day and age, it's very important to, you know, take care of the players. You know, that was the whole thing from the start. You know, I remember back in, I was midsummer, I think it was May or June when, you know, they were talking about bringing the league back. And, you know, the whole priority was, you know, player safety, you know, player and personnel safety. And, you know, they made a point of that. And I think they did a good job. Um, you know, it was a little rough in the beginning, as I think a lot of people expected it to be. But, you know, you had all those haters out there saying, you know, oh, they should have done a bubble from the start or they could have done this or that. You know, when, when you're in the thick of things, you know, it's, it's hard to go back and change it. They did a really nice job kind of proving people wrong, I feel like, and kind of making do with what they had. 
And again, you know, getting more strict on protocol and taking this seriously. So I, I'm, I mean, I definitely commend the MLB for doing that. Um, I think they probably, I think it's good for the league, honestly. I mean, it just goes to show you how, um, how they were still able to operate under circumstances that are just, you know, far and away, I mean, unprecedented, you know, unlike anything anyone has ever dealt with before. And, you know, they kind of took it and ran with it and they had a, we had a really exciting season, um, which is going to make the postseason that much more exciting. So um, kudos to the league for doing their best and for, you know, making this happen. Yeah. I can only echo what you guys said. The, you guys know me, I'm as big of a critic of Ron Manfred in the league office, especially over the past year, but they did a terrific job especially with player safety and making sure we're scheduling to get those games in. The fact that only two teams did not get to play 60 games is incredible, especially with the amount of tests that came back positive. I think the league did a terrific job. People now can see the MLB what knew what they were doing. Because like you said, Cole, there was a ton of haters about it, how they should have done a bubble. And we all said the bubble was not feasible. And the MLB proved them wrong. And it was exciting to see. Uh, this was an, a terrific season where you've seen some guys come out of their shell and just become elite players. And I'll say it, Tatis. Tatis showed that he could be an elite player last year. He is an elite player, and he showed that this year. So it's been an, an incredible season. I'm just so excited for playoff baseball. But I will talk about the Royals one last time real quick. Season full of up and downs. I mean, started out rough, had some stretches of – Wins and losses, some streaks, but I like what the Royals did this year because they gave a lot of young pitchers a chance to show what they're made of, and it gives them a core for the future with Singer and Bubich and Keller. It's I really liked what they did this year, and I'm going to say something that, Dom, you may disagree with, but if the Royals did not go through those stretches without Salvador Perez, Hunter Dozier, and Jorge Soler, the Royals have a would have been – Closer in fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, you know, they they finished what ten games out of a playoff spot. No, I, I don't think I don't think uh, see thirty-two. So they finished six games yeah. out. I mean, that's not unreasonable yeah. to say. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, because those three games, only I, were. I, okay, go ahead. I don't think it's that bad of a statement. Uh, also, I'll you, they, they would have been more in contention for a playoff spot. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. That's all I'm saying. It's not saying that they would have made it by any means, but they would have been more competitive in getting there. Right. And, Cole, I guess since Ryan already talked about his Royals, I'll let you talk about your Diamondbacks for one last time because I'm obviously – I'll get to talk about the Padres later on in the show. Of course. Um, you know, a lot like Ryan, a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups. Um, this was a disappointing year. You can't sugarcoat that. Um, as a fan, I was obviously unhappy and again, disappointed to see that, but I'm also really happy with the way they finished the year. They went, they, they won eight of their last 12 games. And, you know, as a fan, it's easy to say, well, where was that two weeks ago? Or was the, where was that at the beginning of the year? Where was that a month ago? But, you know, you can point the finger all you want when it comes down to it, you know, given the season that we've had as unprecedented as it has been, you know, guys have had to change their whole routine. You know, there's so many things that have gone not according to plan. Um, and I think, you know, 
with all the hype and all the um, all the expectations surrounding Arizona coming into the year after their you know very good off season on paper, you know these things happen, and sometimes things don't pan out. I I think this team is in a rebuilding stage as much as you know people in the front office don't think that. Mike Hazen does not believe in a quote unquote rebuild. Um, he's very aggressive in the off season, you know, and I'm sure he's going to be that way this year. I think this team just really needs to find, you know, their identity. I think that was an issue this year. It was a, it was prevalent from the start that getting off to a hot start was imperative and they just didn't do that. And, you know, again, you get into those ups and downs of the season and, you know, you, again, you start to find out your identity, but sometimes it's pretty unclear. And, you know, this team, a lot of the time was inconsistent on all fronts, pitching, defense, hitting, you know, regardless of what it was, you know, 95% of the time you didn't have two out of three. You didn't have three out of three going for you on any given night. And again, disappointing, but you also got a good look at the future. You know, you got a good look that that's what comes with that is, you know, you get a good look at your future, your farm system, the guys who are going to be coming up in the future, Paven Smith, Riley Smith, the Smiths is what they're known as because they all have the last name of Smith. Um, all came up and did super well. Um, you know, you had Dalton Varsho, who was the minor league player of the year last year in the Diamondbacks organization, come up and impress in limited appearances. Um, guys like Tim LaCastro started to show off some prowess at the plate, which, by the way, he has still yet to be caught stealing on his first 26 attempts. He will tie Tim Raines if he steals his 27th straight bag next year, but whatever. Um, you saw Zach Gallon, the, you know, young and impressive stud that we knew he could be after we traded for him at last year's deadline, really turn into a Cy Young caliber pitcher in a shortened season. I'm very excited about what he can do in the future. You know, granted, it was not a good year for Madison Bumgarner by any means, but his last two starts, he failed to give up a single run. He got his first win in a Diamondback uniform today, and I think that's a really good way to cap off the season. You know, Again, you can point all the fingers and you say all you want, but at the end of the day, this team just really needs – they have an identity crisis, and that's what they need to figure out going into next year. And they need, to, they need to say, you know what, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to rebuild? Are we trying to compete? And if they're trying to compete, I'm all for it. I think they can compete. Again, I just think it's kind of a – I think the Diamondbacks are really a product of the 2020 season where things just didn't go according to plan. And so that's really all I got about it. I'm pretty disappointed, but you know what? That's I'm just happy we got to, we got to watch baseball this year, and at the same time, I'm that much more excited for next year. So, right, I I agree with what both you guys said. Pointing at the Diamondbacks, I mean, all three of us have them being a playoff team with five playoff teams and in a 162. Or I guess we we didn't give our playoff predictions for 162, but uh, prior to them, we'll be announcing that they were going to expand the playoffs. Uh, all three of us had the Diamondbacks being a wild card team. I even knew someone who predicted them to win the division. Now, I mean, I I give them crap for it right away, and of course, it's clearly wrong. They got last place in the division, but I think the Diamondbacks do have a ton of potential going into next year. And you mentioned Madison Bumgarner; he he was not good for the majority of the season, and Padres really hit him hard at one point where he had back spasms, and then he tried to pitch through it, and then the Padres hit. I think six home runs off him. It was or something along that line. It, it was it was tough to watch because he's been so dominant throughout the course of his career, and I think that he finally learned how to pitch with himself without really that velocity towards the end of the year. And that's something that he's going to need to build on this off season. 
if he's not going to be able to get his velocity back up. So let's talk about the playoffs, guys. Uh, it was a crazy finish. So let's talk about the NL first because, as we always say, there two of our teams are in the NL. And, I mean, the playoff picture wasn't decided until today. Everyone knew the Dodgers were going to be one, the Braves were going to be two, the Cubs were going to be three, the Potters were going to be four. But outside of that, it was open. Uh, Cardinals were a playoff team, Marlins were a playoff team, the Reds were a playoff team. The eighth spot was open for three teams. Uh, and then at that point, these teams could have finished in any order. The Cardinals could have been playing the Dodgers or the Braves as the wildcard teams. The Marlins could have jumped up to the five. The Reds could have been four of the five. There were several teams that could have placed in several different places. But here's where the seedings ended up. Uh, and this is where we're going to play. So the one seed Dodgers will play the eight seed Brewers. Four seed Padres will play the five seed Cardinals. Three seed Cubs play the six seed Marlins. And the two seed Braves will play the seven seed Reds. So before we jump into each series by series, what jumps out to you guys at this and what surprised you about how these seedings align? Well, I'm going to just say for the NL first, but I, I'm really speaking in general when it, when it comes to this entire playoff bracket, including the AL. I look at these matchups, and I mean, aside from probably the Dodgers and the Brewers, I do not see a single matchup where I can clearly and definitively say that A, someone's going to sweep, or B, someone clearly outmatches the other team. These are very good matchups. I like every single one of these matchups. I think these are going to be very good and critical series, especially in an exciting new format, a three-game wild card. We've never seen that before. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out. I really – I mean, the Dodgers and the Brewers, I, I mean, I think we can all agree that's barring some miracle. But, I mean, it is playoff baseball. But barring some miracle, that's probably not going to go the way of the Brewers. I mean, Braves-Reds, really good series. I mean, the Reds with their good pitching – the Braves with their high-caliber offense, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, the Cubs and the Marlins, I think two teams that, you know, coming into the season, obviously, I mean, with or without expanded playoffs, I really don't think at the beginning of the year anyone was pulling for the Marlins to do as well as they have. Again, kudos to them for, for really solidifying things. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty underrated matchup. I think the Marlins are a lot better than people think. Um, the Cubs really kind of came into their own this year. The pitching, they proved a lot of people wrong. That's going to be a good matchup. And then the Padres and the Cardinals. I saw a tweet earlier today saying that the only team the Padres have lost to in the postseason was the Cardinals. So historically, that's a pretty cool storyline going into that series. I definitely think that's only only national only national team. team. Sorry about that. Um, regardless, I think that's gonna, that's a pretty cool storyline going in. Um, you've got the Cardinals who, you know, I think on paper really stack up well with this team as far as experience is concerned, but the Padres are just so exciting um, to watch. And this is a team that's obviously new to postseason play a lot, like the Marlins. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really think it's exciting. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me is I, I it's hard for me to pick winners and losers right now. Um, I know I'm going to have to, but it's really hard for me to do so because these are such good matchups. I really like the way this kind of turned out um, because it makes the anticipation for me that much higher. So Definitely look forward to watching, you know, three of those four National League matchups for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Cole, I echo what you say. But before I go into those matchups, I think the one thing that with how everything aligned that shocked me was the Giants. It, like Dom said, Giants had to win one game. I was shocked that they could not get one of those games. I thought they would get one. 
and they choked it away. They had a, such a surprising and shocking season for a lot of people. They kind of went by the wayside by them not being able to get one of those three games, and it's got to hurt. So that's my first point is that I, I'm shocked that the Giants didn't get in, and I I thought they would have gotten in, but Padres, got to give them credit. They took care of business, and, that, and like you said, Dom, it's a great tune-up for the playoffs. But like you said, Cole, these are terrific matchups. I think that what entices me most about the Brewers and Dodgers series is the two guys that went toe-to-toe in MVP last year who have both struggled this season go at it in the playoffs. I'm very excited to watch that and see both of them raise their game to go against the other. I'm excited to see that. I think my favorite series is going to be the Cubs and Marlins. I think because these are two teams that shocked us all. I I know I didn't have the Cubs or the Marlins in the playoffs, even in the expanded version. I did not expect much from either of those teams, and both of them shocked shocked me and all of us and got in. And I think that's going to be a very close series. I think that's going to go the full distance in three games. The Cardinals and Padres is probably the one that is most enticing to me because – I saw that tweet as well earlier that the Cardinals are the only National League team that the Padres have lost to. That storyline is awesome. I love that historical storyline that comes in through playoff baseball. I think that's going to be terrific and only bring more excitement to the series. And I just I can't wait to see Fernando Tatis and Machado and all those guys in the playoffs. And Dom, I will say this. Hosmer in the playoffs is a beast. And I want him to kill it. And I'm going to say it. I would not mind if the Padres somehow came away with the World Series this year. Do I think it'll happen? No. But if they did, I'd be more than happy for all the former Royals and for you. The final- They're going for cake, baby. Yes, we're going for that cake. Uh, like you guys mentioned, the Cardinals, they, they own the Padres in terms of the postseason. The last two times the Padres made the postseason, they played the Cardinals, lost, uh, lost every game at home. And where's the series going to be played? It's going to be played at Petco Park. The Potters are yet to win a playoff game at Petco Park. So I'm excited to say the least about this team. And the, they were starting to head in the, in the wrong direction. They lost the series to the Dodgers. They only took two out of three from the Mariners, got swept in a two-game series by the Angels, and lost game one of the doubleheader to the Giants. At that point, I'm saying, oh, man, we're, we're not playing good baseball going into the postseason. And then down by two, the last inning against the Giants. The Giants, they're feeling themselves. They're playing good baseball. They're trying to get into the postseason. And Trent Grisham goes yard. And Trent Grisham, he was struggling at that point. After Ever since his home run to tie the game up against Clayton Kershaw for the San Diego Padres in game one against the Dodgers, in which they ended up winning, he only had one hit in that time period. So to see him hit that home run, uh, it really sparked the team. And they ended up winning the last two games. And it was good to see for the Potters because Giants fans give Potters fans a lot of crap because we choked in 2010. We had like a six-game lead going into September. Potters went on a 10-game losing streak, ended up losing their division to them, and they ended up winning the World Series that year. And then, of course, in 2012 and then 2014. Sorry, Ryan. We could have stopped it. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You, got, you won in 15. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if I can go into the final playoff matchup of – of what I think for the Braves and Reds, I think this is going to be a terrific series because I think what's big for the Braves is that they're getting Ace Max Freed back. 
I think this could be a time where you see the loss of Michael Soroka really hit because the Reds have a great trio of starters and they've got a terrific offense. I think I was on the Reds bandwagon and then I hopped off and they started winning and got in. As soon as they, as soon as you hopped off. Yeah. They they started winning and got in. I'm back on. I hope this doesn't cause them to lose, but I'm back on and I'm excited to see this team compete because they are, they are dangerous. Oh, 100%. I mean, and hitting, I'm so excited to watch this series. Yeah, I mean, you heard what Vada said in their post-game press conference when they clinched. He said, we're dangerous, and I 100% agree. The lineup finally starting to hit. Their bullpen has really turned it around, and I believe that that bullpen is what is going to propel them because you saw last year the Nationals' bullpen stunk. But then in the last couple of weeks in the season, they started to figure it out. Hey, Daniel Hudson, he's not that bad. You know, Sean Doolittle, he'd always been good for them. That was never the problem. All of a sudden, he's no longer the closer. He's pitching in more high-leverage situations to get them into position so they can close the game out. Tanner Rainey, he pitched well. A couple other guys, and they're able to bring in starters out of the bullpen because they had Anibal Sanchez, who could kind of be that bridge gap between Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, and Patrick Corbin. And now you look at the Reds, and the bullpen is starting to pitch well. And I read an article about the Padres' possible playoff uh, opponents in the first round. Of course, the Reds were amongst those teams. You're looking at Lucas Sims, Amir Garrett, uh, Rysel Iglesias. He's their closer. But the big thing is their, uh, is their trade deadline acquisition from the Diamondbacks, Archie Bradley. I don't know if he pitched today. I haven't checked. But coming into today, he had a 1.17 ERA uh, ever since he joined the Reds. And that is huge because he's bringing in another guy. That means that your worst bullpen reliever is no longer pitching for you. On top of that, you get a 1.17 ERA guy going in there. And his personality, you uh, I don't know if you guys watch the Trevor Bauer blocks, but he's in them all the time because he's got a great personality. And when you're having fun, you're going to play better baseball. That's just how it works, especially in a season like this. And you're finally seeing that from the Reds. And I, I think they're peaking at the right time. They remind me just like the Washington Nationals last year. I, I think they're, they're certainly capable of winning the National League this year. Reds had a bullpen ERA going into the deadline of over five. In fact, I think – I don't remember the exact number, but it was like 5.6 something. And so, I, again, I agree with you. Getting getting a guy like Bradley who was struggling at the time because he had limited appearances with the Diamondbacks, you know, all it was about was just getting him out there for – just getting him innings, you know, because, you know, he's actually playing with the team that's going to work with a lead in the ninth now. Um you know, that, that just makes, makes such a difference. So I totally agree with you. And, again, that's, that's why you go out of the deadline you make moves like that for your bullpen. Yeah, I saw a quote the other day. It said your team's only as good as your bullpen. And it, it stood for the Reds for sure. So if I can to- interject real quick. Sure. I, yeah, you guys, talk, like you just said, Dom, what makes a team is their bullpen. And that's what it was big with the Royals in 2015 was that bullpen. The three-headed monster of HGH when you have Holland, Herrera, and Davis. That's what led them. And then you also have guys like Ryan Madsen and Luke Shaver. There was that bullpen that was so dynamic. A great bullpen is what is going to propel you in the playoffs, and that is really what's going to help the Reds. Yeah, and let's make it clear. You have to have starting pitching to get you in a position with your bullpen. We've seen in the past with the Yankees, their starting pitching staff hasn't given them the position to where the bullpen actually 
poked them. Now, of course, they took the Astros to seven games in 2017. So, of course, that year kind of, you know, stands out because the Astros did cheat. But uh, in the past couple of years, the Yankees' starting pitching staff hasn't been able to get them there. And we're going to see, is Garrett Cole going to be able to put that rotation on his back? They have a couple of young pitchers who have pitched decently well, but they don't have that postseason experience like Garrett Cole. And he's got to be able to get them in there. My bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what to say. So let's get into our series predictions for this one. Dodgers, Brewers, I assume we're all going to take the Dodgers. How many games we got them in? Two. <laughs> got him in two. All right. Right in two. I got him in two as well. So I'm going to give the Brewers one game just because I think that uh, I'm not sure what day Brandon Woodruff will pitch. I think he pitched on either Saturday or Friday. But come Wednesday or Thursday, he's going to be able to pitch. He's been a stud. Now, if Corbin Burns was healthy for this series, this series is totally different. He's been their best starting pitcher all year. Unfortunately, I think he strained his quad. There is a leg injury. He's on the 10-day injured list, so he's not going to be available for the wild card round. Super unfortunate because that would make the series even better. But I think Brandon Woodruff can pitch well against them. He has in the past in the postseason. We all remember game one of the NLDS in 2018, uh, the game where he had a home run off Kershaw, which is still one of the cooler playoff moments we've ever experienced. And I think they can steal a game. They do got a ton of good bullpen pieces. Devin Williams is probably going to win NL Rookie of the Year, which is incredible to say because at one point it seemed like Jake Cronenworth was going to run away with it. But Devin Williams, in his second outing of the year, he allowed a home run in the St. Louis Cardinals. Has not allowed a run since. Uh, dude, he is, he's got his pitch. He calls it the airbender. It's a changeup. It's got like eight inches of vertical movement and about three or four inches of lateral movement. And uh, that's it's pretty good. It's honestly not even a changeup. It's just a different pitch. It's, it's so alien. It's the airbender. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he's a stud. I'm going to give the Brewers one game because their offense is playing well. They've got a couple of good pitchers that I think can lock down the Dodgers' offense for one game that I think they'll win closely, but Dodgers easily. So next series, Padres, Cardinals, who you guys got? You guys can let me down if you want. Don't don't feel like you're going to offend me. It's just your honest prediction. You know, I don't think so. I, I think Padres in two. I'm, I mean – that's probably pretty bold. I mean, the Cardinals are a team of playoff experience. But like you said, Dom, Padres are pretty hot going into the postseason, winning three games, um, or three straight, I should say. I, I just, again, I've, I've been kind of on their bandwagon the whole season. I really like the way they've played. You know, they've, they've come out with this energy, this passion, this flair. And I think everything's kind of been clicking for them. Um, I don't know about the whole Clevenger injury. I don't know how long he's out. That is a big concern if he is out for a while. That's a question, by the way. Uh, I don't think anyone knows. Regardless, they, yeah, they don't know. They're they're optimistic he can pitch in the in the wild card round. Uh, I personally, if it were up to me, I wouldn't pitch him at all in the postseason, just because I feel like having him locked up for two more years could be more important, especially since he's got a, uh, a bicep injury. And Definitely. I, yeah, I, I I just wouldn't risk it. Especially yeah. don't pitch him in the wild card round. If you lose in the wild card round, so be it. Uh, and then if you want to pitch him in against the Dodgers potentially in the NLDS, that's fine. Yeah. Regardless, I mean, I knew it was probably wasn't going to be good news. But regardless, I still think the Padres have the edge over the Cardinals here just because of how up and down that team has been. I think the Padres have just been so much more consistent. 
Um, they get to host. Obviously, you know, you're not playing in front of fans, but being in your home ballpark, it definitely adds that much more motivation, um, especially coming into the postseason. And especially if you're a team that hasn't been there in 14 years, I think that definitely is something, you know, that this team's definitely going to use as fuel to the fire. I don't know. I just feel really good about them. I think they're going to honestly go a long way. And I honestly think they, you know, far and away take the Cardinals down in two games. Ryan? I will say this. I am nervous about the Padres because they've had some injuries to their pitching staff with Clevenger and even Danielson Lamette. I am worried about them. I think the offense will get it done, and I'm going to take them in three. I think that they're. I think the Cardinals are going to push to three games, and I think the Padres are going to advance. I agree. I'm going to take the Padres in three just because of the injuries to Denelson Lett and Mike Clevenger. Uh, the Cardinals pitching staff is very good. Adam Wainwright's had a good year. Uh, I mean, Jack Flaherty has been great. He's got an ERA above 4-9, I, I believe. It's definitely in the upper fours. Uh, it's really inflated because of one outing in which he allowed nine and runs, but even then, he still hasn't had a great season. Not to where we were all projecting him to be a possible NL Cy Young Award contender. He just hasn't been that good. And uh, that has something to do with COVID-19. I, I firmly believe in that. They they had a long time off. And I believe they've played 50 games in 43 days or something along that line. They've played over 50 games in 43 days. And the Padres, they're coming in rested. They, they've had a couple of off days in the past couple of weeks. I think they'll be able to get it done. Lamette, they are very optimistic about him coming back for this wild card round. I think that he goes in either game one or game two. Zach Davies' game, uh, whichever game, Lamette doesn't go. And then if they need it, Clevenger can come back for game three if he's healthy. If not, Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock has been good every other start. His last start was bad. So all signs point to him having a good start in this next outing. And he's really only struggled against the really good offensive teams this year, and the Cardinals just aren't that. Paul Goldschmidt finally had a good year in St. Louis. Last year was his worst year of his career ever since he broke out in the major leagues. But this year he's returned to his former prime, uh, just getting on base like a madman and hitting home runs in Bush. Uh, he, when he's good, it's good for the league, especially in St. Louis. So I'm going to take Padres 3. We're, all, we're, all, we're unanimous on these two series. So let's move on to the bottom half of this bracket. Three seed Cubs hosting the Marlins. Who do you guys got? Okay, this is exciting. Again, this is a series I really like because these are two teams that are, you know, coming in. We're we're all surprised they got in in the first place. I mean, I think we all kind of underestimated them coming in. Cubs defied a lot of expectations. Marlins definitely defied a lot of expectations. Um. I mean, if you were to take it game by game, I mean, your pitching matchups are probably going to be, I mean, first off, I mean, like a Sixto Sanchez and a U Darvish game one, I don't know if that's going to happen. That is fire. I'm watching that if it kills me. Um, I mean, I think the pitching is going to be pretty evenly matched. I think the Marlins definitely have the young talent. Um, and having Sixto go out there, possibly game one is, is pretty bit huge if you ask me. I don't know if he will, but if he does, that's cool. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it, this one's tough for me. I think, I think when it comes down to it, it's again, it's all about the pitching. And I mean, the Cubs, I think again, defied expectations this year. I don't know what it is. I just feel like, again, the Marlins have this motivation where it's like, you know, they haven't been to the postseason in so long, 
you know, they've played so well this in with these circumstances. I don't know. I think they might take it in three games. I think it would be a very good series to watch. I'm taking the Marlins. I think that's, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's – I mean, I think it's pretty bold, but I don't know. I really like this Marlins team. They, I think, again, they defied a lot of expectations, and I think they're just going to continue to do that. This is, for me, one of the toughest series, and I'm still debating it. It's tough. I want to go the Marlins so bad because I think it would just be terrific for that underdog story. But I have to take the Cubs. I I just think that the Cubs are going to take this series because I just think top to bottom they have the better lineup and better overall pitching, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Cubs in three, though. See, so I feel like the Marlins are flying under the radar and no one's giving them credit for making the postseason this year. I mean, for them to play in that gauntlet of the Eastern Division and for them to come out on top with an over 500 record really speaks volumes to the type of playoff baseball they are playing for the entire year. And what their roster consisted of for such a long time was players who had really no business playing on the Marlins on the year. I mean, these guys, they're just bringing off the streets and they're playing them. And now, of course, they've got more of their, their normal roster. And, Ryan, you said the pitching staff with the Marlins isn't that good and you like the Cubs pitching staff. I strongly disagree. I think that where the Cubs take well, over. I, I don't think the Marlins pitching staff is bad at all. I think that for a playoff series, I think that the Cubs have the experience there on that pitching staff, and I think that's why I like them more. I give absolute a ton of credit to Don Mattingly and the Marlins. I think Don Mattingly could get an L manager of the year for what he's he done. He I will. think he should. Yeah. He's my vote. I give them a ton of credit. I just think that when it comes to the experience level, I think that's where the Cubs take it. Yes, the Cubs certainly have the experience. I mean, just looking at the starting pitching staff for the Miami Marlins, their top three guys, Sixto Sanchez, Pablo Lopez, and Sandy Alcantara. I mean, those three guys have been studs all year. Got 3.61 for Lopez, three for Alcantara. 3.46 for Sixto. Guess what? Three-game series, there's your three starting pitchers right there. And you look at the bullpen, Miami Marlins. I mean, this bullpen's really good. Brandon Kinsler, uh, 2.22 ERA. He's been their closer all year. Nick Vincent had a 2.2 ERA coming into the weekend. He had one really bad outing against the Yankees. Brad Boxberger, 3 ERA. James Hoyt hasn't allowed an outing in 17 appearances. He's been a stud all year. Richard Blear, left-handed relief pitcher, 2.63 ERA. So I think this pitching staff is certainly good. Now, Colt, you mentioned you Darvish is going to go for the for the Cubs, and I think they'll win game one behind him. The question is, can the Miami Marlins beat Kyle Hendricks? Because if you can, then guess what? You got Alec Mills, John Lester, or maybe Tyler Chatwood, but considering the Chatwood's on the IL, you're either going with Mills or Lester. And Mills' ERA is carried from his nine scoreless no-hitter against the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to ride with the Marlins three games here. That's bold. But I think this team is scary good. I think they're highly underrated. They've never lost a playoff series before in franchise history, fun fact. Two times they've made the playoffs, they've won the World Series. I think this continues for one series. They they survived the Cubs in three games. I think I'm going to ride with Cole. Ryan, you're alone. What do you think? Like I said, I really wanted to pick the Marlins. I just, looking at it, I couldn't. 
And honestly, I would be happy to see the Marlins win that series completely. I would. It's a great story for baseball. And for me to say as a Padres fan that Don Mattingly is going to win Coach of the Year when the Padres jump from a team that finished in last place in their division to having the second-best record in the NL speaks volumes to what Don Mattingly has done with the Miami Marlins. All right, final National League series, we got Braves versus Reds. Braves with the third-best record in the National League behind the Padres and the Dodgers of the two-seed. The Reds, they're probably the hottest team in baseball right now. Uh, really tough series to predict here. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you on this one. Who you got? This was the toughest one for me to pick. I'm going the Reds in three. I really like this Reds team. The offense has so much power, has so much talent on the offense. And then look at their starting look at their starting rotation for this series. Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, and Luis Castillo. And then we just got done talking about how their bullpen has done so much better with the acquisition of Archie Bradley. I really like this team. And I think this is where the loss of Michael Soroka is really going to hit the Braves. It's nothing against the Braves. Terrific offensive team. And Max Reed has been incredible. But the loss of Soroka is really going to be felt here without having him in the playoffs. I have the Reds in three. Cool. You know, Ryan, I agree with you. The only thing I disagree with is that this is not very tough at all. I think the Reds are easily taking this one and three. I think going in, like we, I think like we all said, you know, they're the hottest team in baseball. And when you're riding that wave going into the postseason, I mean, there's there's no better time to be getting hot than now. <clears throat> and I think, you know, backed up by their Cy Young pitching from Trevor Bauer, um, you know, getting really solid starts over the past few outings from Luis Castillo. Sonny Gray, again, he kind of fell off the, you know, the schneid as as of late. But, you know, again, still very solid. Those are your game one, two, and three starters. That's scary if I'm the if I'm the Atlanta Braves, even though they have such a really good offense and they can definitely bat those guys around on any given day. I really think it's going to be tough for them, given how hot these guys have been. And then you look at the offense. I mean, you know, not a very high average ball club. Obviously, their team leader in average was Joey Votto, who hit 226. So, I mean, this team doesn't really get, you know, hits per se. Um, they have, they've been kind of shaky up and down. But, I mean, you've got Nick Castellanos who comes in. You know, he had 14 home runs in his first year with the Reds. You know, Inigio Suarez has been hot as of late. He finished with 15. You know, this team hits home runs. They play in Great American Small Park. Um, Jesse Winker, I mean, one of the most underrated players from this past season. <clears throat> I think if you look at this guy like three, four weeks ago, you're talking about him as a – potential MVP candidate. I mean, this guy was slugging. He's still doing it. I just really like the Reds up and down when I look at the roster. And I think they're really going to win it far and away because of their pitching and because they're hot. Yeah. Like I said, Ryan, this is the toughest series in the first round. Of the year. We're talking about Braves have been so consistent. All year. They've just been on top of the East the entire year. Uh, starting pitching staff looked good uh, coming into the year. Fareed was expected to break out. Absolutely did. He's a Cy Young. He's, he's going to get first place Cy Young votes. Bauer's going to win it, but he's going to get a ton of votes. You talk about Soroka, uh, second place in Rookie of the Year, top five in Cy Young last year. I mean, it's rotation, ton of potential. Ian Anderson came up. He's been really good. But then Soroka goes down. Freed gets hurt uh, towards the end of the year. He, he did come back. He will be pitching the postseason, but the question is, will he be at 100%? In order for the Braves to win the series, I think they've got to win it in two games. And they've got to win it by beating the red starting pitcher because their bullpen, 
uh, is going to be a struggle. Uh, both bullpens have been better as of late, but the Reds have to be able to hold the da- hold down the Braves lineup early, because if they can, they're going to be able to hold them down late because they got that bullpen. But game three starters, you're talking about Kyle Wright, zero postseason experience, going up against Sonny Gray. Who's everyone going to take in that matchup? It's going to take Sonny Gray and the Reds. So I think that the Braves have to be able to get to Luis Castillo, who didn't look great in his last start against the Twins. They're going to have to get to Trevor Bauer, who's going to go in game one. He's been on fire lately. He's going to win Cy Young. Uh, he's probably going to run away with it too. But tough series to pick. I think I will take the Reds in three, though, because I think that they're going to be able to find a way to sneak out one of those games against Ian Anderson or, or Max Freed. Uh, the bullpen, or sorry, the lineup of the Braves is going to have to carry this team. But man, this was a tough series to predict. I'm going to take the Reds in three games. So, man, it was tough. I mean, you're, you're taking two. You're taking, I took two wildcard teams here. And uh, I know, Cole, you did as well. Ryan, you only took one, but that's fine. I mean, like I said, this team screams 2019 Washington Nationals on me. Great starting pitching staff, solid lineup. You know, doesn't really hit for average, but they, they have draw locks, they hit bombs, and then a bullpen that's peaking at the right time. So let's move on. NLDS, we've all got Dodgers, Padres. So who do we got moving on there into the NLCS? You know, I mean, now in spite of the Dodgers, I would love to pick the Padres. I'm not going to do it, unfortunately, because, you know, I mean, the Dodgers are just too good. But I will say this. I think the series goes all five. I mean, there's, I think if there's any team that has really proven this season how well they can play against the Dodgers, and it's really, again, a, a product of the season. You know, you teams have been strictly, you know, prohibited to play teams outside of, you know, the Western region. They can only play teams from the AOS and, and the NOS. So, I mean, it's, it's a byproduct of the season. But the only team that's been able to prove that they can play well against the Dodgers so far to me is the Padres, and they've had a couple really good series against them. And again, being hot coming into the postseason helps. And I think both teams are definitely set up for a big time clash in this NLDS. I think it goes five games. I'm serious. I'm I'm not messing around. I'm sure really the Padres aren't messing around. I mean, seriously, I mean, you look at this team, what they were able to accomplish this year after such, you know, I'm not going to say low expectations, but expectations that we're nowhere close to what, to how things have turned out. You know, you have to give them so much credit for, you know, coming out and, you know, putting together the season they have so far. And I don't know. I just think, again, it's a postseason. Anything can happen in the postseason. I do think the Dodgers, you know, edge them a little bit, but I think the series goes all five games. And I think a lot of people are finally going to see, you know, that this team has been up and coming for a long time and they're going to make a statement this year by saying, Hey, we're not messing around. We're a team that's going to be good in the West for a very long time. And I think this is this is sort of their statement series. Now, did they take it? No. I think the Dodgers, you know, take it again, take it in five games. Dom, I'm sorry. I have the Dodgers in four. And the reason is because of health issues. I think with Clevenger, if you have him come and pitch in the NLDS, is he 100%? Is he fully healthy? You don't want to risk further injury that could affect the next two years of his club control. Same with Lamette. You don't know if he's going to be 100%. What the Padres have done this year has been tremendous. Tatis should get an LMVP. 
I have been completely impressed with this Padres team. And I think that if it weren't for them getting late season injuries, they would have a great chance of beating the Dodgers and it would go all five games, but I think the injuries hurt them. But this year is a stepping stone for the Padres as they're going to be a team that's competitive for years to come in the West and in the NL. Strongly disagree with you about the Tatis MVP point. I think it's Freddie Freeman or even Juan Soto at that point. Juan Soto, I would have been so dead on about my NL MVP pick if he didn't test positive for COVID-19 and have to sit out for 14 days because of the Washington, D.C. quarantine policy. Anyways, uh, that's not the point of this. So I, I have a policy where I don't pick games like, you know, how many games the team's going to win in for this series because we don't know the exact opponents and we didn't, we didn't get to see how these teams were playing in the postseason because that's really what matters at this point. With that being said, I will take the Dodgers in the series. Uh, I'm an unbiased journalist here. Uh, the Dodgers are the better team in just about every aspect of the team. Maybe not offense, but even then, the Dodgers offense is really good. Uh, I mean... Padres, this has been a magical season to be a fan of. You know, the bullpen, it's it's been a lot better in the second half of the year ever since the Padres got swept in Arizona by a team that was really struggling at that point. Uh, they, they turned things around, especially in Texas when Tatis hit the 3-0 Grand Slam and the entire league rallied around him. He took off. Starting pitching staff has been electric. Trading for Mike Clevenger, the trade deadline day was a whirlwind. It was one of the best days of my Padres fandom, and this team has been so exciting, but just looking at the Dodgers, I mean, this is their year. I think the Potters are the best shot at taking them in the National League. I think you guys can both agree on that with me. But I, I don't see it getting done. And it really depends on if Clevenger and Lamette come back healthy. If none of them do, there's absolutely zero chance. And there's absolutely a very strong possibility that the Padres don't advance to this series. With that being said, I'm taking the Dodgers Probably, I would probably be in four, but I, I will take the Dodgers. So we've all got the Dodgers in the NLCS. Now let's move down the bracket. So uh, I've got the Marlins, and we've all got the Reds. I know Cole's got the Marlins, and then Ryan has the Cubs. Uh, yeah. I think I speak for all of us. Uh, I think the winner of the Braves Red Series is going to move on here. Do you guys agree with me on that point? Yeah, and I mean, again, we talk about how much the Marlins have been un- underestimated, but I mean, when we look at the Reds, it's it's sort of, I mean, obviously, it's it's not on the level of a Dodgers-Padres kind of series, but when you compare the two teams, I mean, the Reds are just the far and away better team, um, and I think they, you know, definitely put the Marlins in their place, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I just really like the Reds. I really like the Reds coming in. They made so many good um, acquisitions coming into the season. I talked a lot about it um, when I predicted them to win um, the wild card round moments ago. But I mean, again, I think it's just for all the same reasons. You know, they they're just really better in pretty much every facet of the game. I like their I like the starting rotation better. I like their offense better, especially coming into the postseason. And you got to be right in that wave. And if you're coming off of a good series, especially against a team like the Braves, which is the two seed, um, I think it, playing a team like the Marlins in the divisional series probably won't be that much of a problem. So I got the Reds. Um, I'm not really going to go with the game pick here. 
just because I don't think, like Dom said, I mean, I picked the Padres to lose to the Dodgers in five, but I don't know. I mean, I think the Reds easily win this one if I were to pick it, I suppose, winning four games. Maybe the Marlins get one. I take the Reds as well. I think the Reds just completely outmatch them here. And it's against the Cubs, and I think the the Reds just outmatch the Cubs. I think the pitching is that dumb, and I think the lineup is that strong. I really, really have been impressed with the Reds and how they've turned everything around and gotten into the playoffs, and they're, they're not a joke. They're not a fluke. They're going to go, and I think they're going to make an NLCS appearance. Right, they're the team that everyone expected them to be, or at least a lot of people expected them to be. I'm also going to take the Reds, I think, with my matchup against the Marlins, and even with the Cubs. They outmatch them in just about every facet of the game, maybe except for the bullpen, and even there, they're pitching a lot better. So I'm going to take the Reds. So that sets up a Reds-Dodgers NLCS uh, for us. Uh, I mean, it's kind of disappointing that the Braves can't get there, at least in our eyes. Uh, they, they've got such a talented team. Cole, I know they're your pick to win the NL at the beginning of the year. But the way the postseason picture is shaping up, I agree with you, they're not going to make it there. Uh, Dodgers-Reds, seven-game series. Who you guys got? I mean, again, it's the Dodgers. They're just the best team in the NL. They're the best team in baseball. Um, you know, they're just so good. And, again, they've gone out this year – with that expectation, you know, they've carried this expectation of, you know, um, being the best team in baseball, and they've ran with it. You know, that's just who they are. I think they pretty easily get to – I mean, I won't say easily. I mean, I think the Reds can definitely hang with them for at least a few games. I say the Reds probably at least take a couple. Um, but, I mean, the Dodgers are just too stacked. You know, there's nothing more you can really say about that. I think the Dodgers just outmatch them on paper – you know, on the field, everywhere. So, I mean, Dodgers to the World Series. I agree. Dodgers are the best team in the league. There's no argument about it. In a 60-game season, they won 40 games. Like, what else can you What else can you say about this team? They're the best in the league. They've got two MVPs in the outfield, and they've got a great pitching staff. That bullpen has been terrific as well. I really like Dodgers, and I think that they are going to definitely – make it to the World Series, and I think that – I'm going to spoil it now. This is their year. Yeah, it's absolutely their year, and that's partially the reason why I think they can choke. Uh, just kidding. Uh, they are the best team in all of baseball. I'd be foolish to pick against them. I think the Reds will give them a good shot. Uh, they're peaking at the right time. Seven-game series, though. It's really hard to be a hot team, you know, riding momentum into a seven-game series. Unless they just come in and just dominate the Dodgers, which I don't think they will. And I think it's only a matter of time before Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger figure things out. And if those two figure it out, man, the Dodgers, they're going to be impossible to beat. I'm going to take the Dodgers as my National League champ. So, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about the American League. And let's talk about the way this unfolded because today was a wild day. And this past week has been kind of a wild week in the American League. The Reds, sorry, not the Reds, the Rays, they locked up that top spot in the American League. Uh, they shocked us all. All of us picked the Yankees to win the division. We all had the Rays being a playoff team. I, of course, did pick them to win the American League, but I didn't see them winning this division. Uh, then the A's, they won the division. I know that Ryan and I had the A's winning the division. And then the Twins, they ended up holding off the White Sox and the Indians. Man, was that a great race down the stretch. Uh, kind of going back and forth for the final week. You got the Indians. 
as the four. Yankees as the five. That's going to be an absolutely great matchup in a three-game series. Astros as the six. They are under 500, uh, so that's kind of funny. There's two under 500 teams in these playoffs. Them and the Milwaukee Brewers, both at 29 and 31. And then for the rest of the teams, the wildcard teams, the teams that barely snuck into the playoff picture, you've got the White Sox at seven. Of course, they didn't really sneak in. They've been a dominant team all year, especially offensively. And you've got the eight-seeded Blue Jays. So what do you guys make of this playoff picture in the American League? You know, again, I said it about the National League, but I look at the I look at the bracket and it just looks so evenly matched. There's just so many really entertaining matchups, a lot of really good series um, to watch. The first one being the four and the five seed um, Indians or the four seed Indians going up against the five seed Yankees. Never thought I'd be saying the five seed Yankees coming in this year, but here we are. Um, Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber will likely be the game one matchup. And if you couldn't get a better pitching matchup in game one of a playoff series, I mean, I don't know what, what really gets much better than this. I mean, if the Mets made the postseason, I mean, maybe DeGrom and, you know, some, some other, whoever, um, maybe DeGrom and Bauer, if that worked out. But I mean, this is probably as good of a pitching matchup in the postseason as you're going to get um, Shane Bieber, the 2020 AL MVP and AL Cy Young Award winner. Um, he's just the best pitcher and probably the best player this season in the American League. He's just so good going up against, you know, Garrett Cole, whose name alone stands as as a, such a huge reputation when it comes to um, this game and his pitching is concerned. I'm really going to be looking out for that series in particular um, for a variety of reasons. I think it's just so evenly matched, a lot more evenly matched than a lot of people think. You know, the Yankees were – sort of the Dodgers of the American League, if you were coming into the season, but have proved to be, you know, very beatable and have proved to be not as, not as, you know, superhuman as they really are. And so I think the Indians could easily expose that in a three-game series where they're the home team. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty, pretty insane to watch that series go down. It's going to be a really good one. I think it's going to be an instant classic, as we call it. Um, I mean, the Twins and the Astros is – one that I'm I'm actually kind of leaning, you know, I'm saying like, you know, that's I don't really think that's as entertaining a, a, of a matchup as as I think the other ones are. But, you know, again, it's the postseason and both these teams have experience there. I think the Twins are going to be fed off of, you know, their early exit last year against the Yankees. Um, they're going to probably be coming in um, looking to do some damage. And they're I think they're riding kind of a hot streak right now. If I'm not mistaken, so look out for them. The A's and the White Sox is a really entertaining one. A lot of young talent going at it in this one. Um, I'm very, I know, I think it was Ryan and I were very high on the White Sox coming into the year. They've played super well. They look really good, um, really entertaining, really fun to watch. Um, that's definitely a series to watch. And then, I mean, even the Rays and the Blue Jays. I just, I mean, the Rays are a good team. And I mean, they definitely proved why they're, obviously the first seed in the American league, again, you know, being, um, being carried by that bullpen, you know, a lot of guys just doing their jobs, being good role players in the lineup, you know, after suffering so many injuries, um, they've still managed to, you know, pull it out because, you know, the great managerial experience of Kevin cash and, you know, just their ability to handle adversity. And they've proven again, why they're one of the better teams and why they're one of the most underrated and slept on teams in all of baseball. 
But then you look at the Blue Jays, who, again, are kind of capitalizing off of, you know, playing in this shortened season. You know, again, very electric, a lot of young talent, um, going to get their first kind of playoff exposure and experience for the first time um, in their careers in this one. That's going to be a really fun series to watch. So, again, I'm really entertained by just the lineup we got. Like, I, I look at this and I'm like, you know, these could go either way. You know, pretty much every single series up and down. It's going to be fun to watch. But I'm definitely looking at that Cleveland-New York series just because of the pitching matchup we we will probably have in game one in particular. And because I feel like um, Cleveland might be able to expose New York and put a lot of those, you know, New York diehards uh, to bed once and for all. I am so excited for the AL side of the bracket. I really like every single matchup. I think that the one that's probably the least enticing has got to be the Blue Jays and Rays. But I think that series between the Athletics and White Sox is going to be one of the best. I think it's going to be an offensive battle, and I think it's just going to come down to the bullpens. And – the bullpen for the A's has been really good. Deekman has been terrific for them. He only gave up one or two earned runs the entire season. So I really like what they've done. And despite losing Matt Chapman, I still really like the A's. I agree with you, Cole. The best series, I think, is going to be the Indians and Yankees. I think that just those pitching matchups are going to be insane. I think they're going to be terrific. So I expect a lot from... From that series, I think it's going to go the full distance. I think I don't think and there's any way that either team will take the series in two games. I just think it's that competitive of a series. But the one series that I think is going to be just one that's nobody's going to really think about is the Twins and Astros because I think the Twins are going to handle the Astros very easily. I think the Astros – have gotten to taste their own medicine after everything that's happened. They're not that good. They've been exposed, and the loss of Verlander hurts them. And Granke's got to carry that rotation. He can't pitch all three games. So I think the Twins are going to take care of the Astros very easily and move on. So that's how I see it. But I'm really excited to see how the AL shakes out, especially with the uh, A's series and the Indian series. I I can't wait to watch some of these American games. You're looking at Rays Blue Jays, Ailey's rivalry, these teams that they fought hard in the regular season. Uh, the Blue Jays were playing a lot of the season on the road. They did start their first couple home series on the road and they were playing their home games with Buffalo from then on out. And the season series I believe was six to four Rays. So closer than you might think. Uh, Blue Jays got a high powered offense, but the Rays man they're the most complete team in baseball. Uh, they don't have the talent that the Dodgers have, but they're such a complete team. They got great starting pitching staff, great bullpen, and a good lineup that they can mix and match against starting pitchers. They're going to be tough to beat in every single series. Indians, Yankees, you guys already mentioned it. Uh, but one thing to note is the Yankees. On the year, they went 11-18 and 18 on the road. And guess where they're going to be playing the series? They're going to be playing it in Cleveland. They're going to be playing on the road. And then... To move forward, they're going to be playing in a bubble in California. So I'm not exactly sure how this playoff uh, performance from the Yankees is going to be. They're a huge wild card for this American League going forward. 
Twins Astros, I mean, I'm going to take the Twins in two. I'm just going to say it right now. Astros stink. They're, they're playing with no life right now. Uh, they've said multiple times in the year, like, we don't really care. Uh, the season's been so demoralizing for us. You know, every time we're we're going to stadiums or leaving stadiums, there's fans there in trash cans and holding signs. Like, it's demoralizing. And the fact that they've been you know, basically put in quarantine for the entire season because they can't do anything, it's not as enjoyable of a baseball season as there have been in previous years. A's White Sox, you guys mentioned it, it's going to be a great series. Uh, my concern is the White Sox really struggled against winning teams. It really feeded off the struggling teams in the AL Central and in the AL Central uh, for their season for their strong record. So let's break these series down one by one. Let's start the one up top. We got one seed Rays, eight seed Blue Jays. What do you guys got? We'll start with you, Cole. So again, I think I think the Rays really proved this year why they're you know just the best team in the American League. They handled adversity so well, and everybody kind of just did their job. You know, this is a team that you know plays the plays the money ball game, if you will, you know, very, very small budget, you know, they kind of make do with what they have and they build a team, a playoff team that can compete and that can, you know, be really good, especially in a season like this. And I think they're just kind of built for the postseason. Why? Because they have such a good bullpen. I mean, up and down the bullpen, it was the same thing last year. You know, this bullpen is just so dynamic. I mean, every single guy in there, you know, throws, has electric stuff, you know, has some ungodly ERA, you know, I'm looking at Nick, I think it's a, a Nick Anderson, um, Jose Alvarado, you know, those guys are just so nasty. And again, you know, we talk about bullpen being such a huge factor in the postseason. Um, and you really, you know, bullpen is, is such a vital part, um, in getting, in getting you to compete, um, in the postseason and getting you far and maybe even in the world series. Um, and they have it. I think they take down the Blue Jays just because the Blue Jays, they're inexperienced. They haven't been here before. The Rays have been here before. They were here last year, in fact. Um, and they played, they compete, competed with a really good Houston Astros team last season and took that ALDS all five games, and they showed why they can be a World Series contender. And I think they're kind of showing it this year as well. I got the Rays in three games. I, will, I do think um, the Buffalo Blue Jays will get one. Um, I do think you know, they're probably definitely capable enough of at least getting one. But I think the Rays got this one at least three. Yeah, I think the Rays are going to take this series. I really think that the Rays are really the definition of resilient. The amount of injuries that they face this year, especially the pitching staff, and they're still the number one seed in the American League is insane. They don't have the top caliber hitters. They have solid hitters that get on base and do their job. And that's that's what they need to do. If they keep playing the way that they've been playing all year long, then watch out. This team could easily be the AL represent representative in the World Series. I really like this team. And I and like you said, Cole, the Blue Jays are just inexperienced. They're a very young core. And I think this experience is really going to help them grow and develop for their future because they have a very bright future. There's no arguing that. But I think that they're just too inexperienced and they're going against the best team in the American League who just – don't know the word quit. So I have the Rays in this one. I'm going to take the Rays in two. Uh, I think both these games will be very competitive. The Rays don't really blow anyone out. Uh, I think I think the combination of good starting pitching staff from either Glasnow, Snell, 
for Morton starting one of those first two games and then handing the ball off to a bullpen with a good lineup. He's going to be able to beat the Blue Jays. It all depends on really how Hunjin Ryu performs for them, probably in game one. I'm going to take the Rays in two, though. I think they're just a better team all around than the Rays. I'll give them that in two. Uh, moving down the line, four-seed Indians, five-seed Yankees. Let's hear it, guys. Who's winning this series? You know, it, it's funny because, again, you know, we talk about beginning of the year, Yankees, you know, so highly touted as just the best team in the American League, league uh, perennial World Series contenders. And, again, all those things, I think, kind of came spiraling out of control for a lot of Yankee fans when guys started to get hurt again. You know, Judge hit the I.L., Stan hit the I.L. You know, all these guys started getting hurt and, you know, being inconsistent in the lineup. And, of course, they found ways to win – but they again showed how beatable they are. And you can't be a team that is beatable in the postseason. You need to be a team that every single game is going to go out and put up some kind of fight to ensure that you can get a win. I don't think the Yankees are a team that I can confidently say can do that, especially against a team like the Indians who have been red hot as of late um, coming into the postseason. Again, they have a perennial AL MVP and Cy Young candidate and, and, Shane Bieber, who they have to handle in game one, that game is not going to go well for the Yankees. I think we all know that. Um, I don't care who you're throwing out there against him. He's so good. He's proven that this year. Um, and then you've got to deal with, you know, other really young arms. I mean, I know they've given up, you know, all these really good pitchers over the years. They still got Aaron Savale and Tristan McKenzie, the young guy, who they could potentially throw out there in this three-game set. I think the Yankees, as far as pitching is concerned, have, you know, a handful to deal with with the Indians pitching staff, not to mention they've got guys like Jose Ramirez coming in who are swinging hot bats, um, you know, and that's really going to help the Indians cause again, they're playing at home, you know, not really a quote unquote home field advantage with fans here. But I mean, again, you always go out there, you play with a chip on your shoulder, you know, being at your home ballpark. I think that's going to make a big difference. I think the Yankees fall in the series in three games. I think they do take one. Because, again, this is a team that is good, um, and, you know, they definitely understand the circumstances here. But I just think the Indians are the better team right now um, as far as, you know, guys who are healthy, um, you know, the way they're playing. The Indians are just the better team. Cole, I'm going disagree to disagree with you on this one. I've got the Yankees in three. And I think that's because – with the team being healthy, they have shown what they really are. And they came back. They were in third place. They were in line to be that seven or eight seed. They're now in the five seed. They are now getting healthy. Garrett Cole is a beast in the playoffs. You saw it last year. And I think it's going to help that he's not pitching at Yankee Stadium. He's pitching in progressive field. And I think that's going to help him. I think Tanaka is also going to be a big piece. Tanaka performs well in the playoffs. So – I have a lot of confidence in the Yankees. I think that lineup is still extremely dangerous when you've got Voight, LeMahieu, Torres, Judge, Stan. That lineup is extremely dangerous. So I'm going to take the Yankees in this series. Once again, I am the tiebreaker for who he thinks is going to win the series. And once again, I'm going to side Mr. Cole. I'm going to take the Indians in the series. I think they're playing way better ball than the Yankees you are just, right now. Do you just want to go against me? Is that what it is? Nope, absolutely not. I have my bracket right here in front of me. I get it. You know, we are roommates. Uh, we're, we often bicker. But 
I think the Indians are playing way better baseball right now. They they kind of struggled against the Pirates this weekend. They, they lost big on Saturday night, and then they were struggling against them on Sunday, but guess what? They came back. And earlier this week, they swept the White Sox in a four-game series. The White Sox looked like they were going to finish on top of the division. Guess who's now the seventh seed, finished in third place in the division? And, uh, guess who correctly predicted this division? This guy. I had the Indians finishing in front of the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox definitely exceeded my expectations. Won't lie. Uh, but I'm going to take the Indians. And, you know, you look at the pitching staff, and obviously Garrett Cole for the Yankees, he hasn't had as good of a year as a lot of people were expecting. He started 2.84 ERA, uh, some really bad starts mixed in there. He's pitched better since the Yankees got healthy and since the Mojo has been better on the team. So game one, like you guys mentioned, is going to be great. But then you look at Jay Happ, Masahiro Tanaka, Tanaka's been great in the postseason in previous years. He's going to have to step up. Then you look at the Indians, and I love their pitching staff. I mean, they're going to have Carrasco going in game two and the police sack going in game three. I mean, what more can you want? These guys are studs. And then you look at the bullpen. I I don't know if the secret's been out, but the Yankees' bullpen has not been very good this year. You got Zach Brennan at 1.89 ERA. He's been really good. You got Chad Green at 3.51 and 3.32 ERA from Luis Sessa. Outside that, it's been a lot of suspect. You know, Arolis Chapman, 3.89 ERA in only 11 innings. He hasn't been healthy this year. He hasn't pitched well, especially compared to years. Britain's also been very inconsistent. I agree with you there. I mean, he's got a 1.89 ERA, so you got to have credit to him. But Jonathan Holder, not been great. Alavino, 5.89 ERA, so he's not been that great. And then you look at the Indians' bullpen. They've actually got a good bullpen, too. Brad Hand, left-handed closer, 2.05 ERA. James Karinchak. 2.67 ERA in 27 innings. He's got 53 strikeouts, so he's racking those strikeouts up. You know, Wickren, 3.42. Oliver Perez, another left-handed pitcher, 2.0 ERA. And then Cal Quantrill, guy that got over in the Padres from a trade. He's got a 1.84 ERA in the year. I think this Indians team is overall better than the Yankees. I actually think that Garrett Cole wins game one over Shane Bieber. I think that they drive up the pitch count on Shane Bieber. Uh, they, they, they've done a great job of that in years previous in the playoffs. I think they find a way to win that game, but then the Indians storm back and win games two and three. Uh, it's going to be a great series. No doubt about that in my mind. So let's move down bottom side of this bracket. Three versus six, Twins-Astros. I, I think we all got the Twins in this one. What do you guys say? I mean, you said it. Excuse me. You said it. I mean, the Astros are just not a good team this year. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to see, I suppose. Um, and, you know, you have the Twins who are coming off of a season last year where they were so good. And, you know, I feel like they're, again, showing why they're just as good this year. I think, um, again, they're definitely the better team here. I think they got get the Astros in two games. I, I mean, there's really nothing else to say. I mean, I just think they're the better team pretty much in almost every aspect of the game. Um, and I think they win it in two. Only thing I can say is Twins are going to – they're going to handle – the Astros very easily. Offense is great. Pitching has actually been very surprising this year. Been a lot better than I expected. I think that the Twins, I said they were going to win the division, and they did. They got hot when they needed to, and they took the division. So I really think that the Astros are just going to get it eliminated. It's going to be quick and painless, and they're going to be done. They've been exposed, and it really shows how much cheating helped them because they have just not been the same this year. So easy. Twins and two. Yep, Twins and two. The only way I see the Astros winning the series is if Zach Ranke 
pitches like he did in Game 7 of the World Series, and then they somehow find a way to steal Game 2 or Game 3. That's really the only way. I mean, this team lived in the postseason. They're playing a very solid Twins team. Surprisingly good bullpen from the Twins. So let's talk about the final wildcard round series. I, I think this has got the potential to be a great series. Athletics and White Sox, who you guys got? This one's very tough for me. Again, I'm 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 really high on the White Sox. I like I like the product of baseball they've been putting out since the beginning of the year. Um, but I like the A's obviously as well. I mean, they're just a team that's been there before. They're always a team um, that finds a way to win, you know, and they do a really good job. But losing Matt Chapman is going to be huge for them. Now I know they get Jake Lamb um, from the Diamondbacks, and you know he's been really good ever since coming there. But I don't know. I again a really tough series for me to pick, and I'm still really not even 100% decided on it. But as of right now, I really still like the White Sox. I think the White Sox shock them in three games. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think it's going to be a tough, grinded out series. But I mean, you look at the offense of the White Sox, and you have perennial MVP candidates in Eloy Jimenez and Jose Abreu, and you've got the young. Um, stud talent of Luis Robert going out there and hitting absolute missiles. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good series. I think the White Sox pitching keeps up as well. Um, I think they're going to be pretty high-scoring games, though. I think, you know, when we compare the select series like the Yankees and um, the Indians, you know, you don't have as, like, really good pitching matchups on paper going at it necessarily. I mean, again, really good pitchers, but I just – I don't really see – um, things getting done. Um, I think I see a lot of runs being scored at least is, is what I'm basically trying to say Two very high powered offenses. Um, but I think the White Sox kind of have the advantage in this one. If you ask me, I just really like the product of baseball they've been putting out. I'm pretty high on them. So I got the White Sox in three games. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think it's going to be a really close series. I got them in three games. I think this is going to be the best series in the American league wild card series of all, of all the matchups, but I'm actually going to disagree with Cole. I'm going to go the athletics. And the main reason is because you've seen a different Sean Mania his last seven starts. He's really turned it around. He's gone from having a above four ERA to now mid to higher twos, which is very solid four and one. He has a whip of 0.95. I really like the athletics despite losing Matt Chapman. I still think that offense is really good. Ramon Laureano has started to hit the ball. He's he's hitting really clutch situations. Still got Matt Olson. Jake Lamb's actually not been bad for them. He's he's driven some runs. He's hitting the ball pretty well. I really like this team. They got Tommy Listella, who I who knows how to get on base. That's big for them. Marcus Simeon, I think, is gonna have a good series. I am going to take the A's in this one. Because I think that in a shootout, they have they are more equipped if they are in the right situation, if they can get to that heart of that lineup, then they are set. I like what the White Sox have done this year. Cole, us too, we were high on them. And they've they've shown what they're truly made of. I'm afraid of that bullpen. That bullpen is very spotty outside of Alex Colome. So I I'm going to go with the A's because they've also got the better bullpen. Yep, Ryan, here's proof that I have my notes down and that I am not deciding against you. I do have the A's winning the series as well. Uh, the White Sox have really fed on facing the Tigers. and 
the the Royals. They're nine. Yes, they went nine the, and one against us this year. Exactly, and even the Pirates too. Uh, what this team's done is amazing. It's showing that their rebuild has worked, and they're going to be a scary team for the future. Their starting pitching staff has actually really surprised me, which is something I was not expecting coming into the year. I knew Lucas Giolito was going to be good. Uh, it was a question of how good. He's been insane. Dylan Cease has been good for them, and then Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I, I've not never really been a big fan of his. Uh, every time he pitched for the Astros, it was he's good at home and bad on the road. But ever since he's left Houston, he was good for Atlanta last year. And he's good for the White Sox this year. Now it's funny because he signed with the the Braves last season after the draft. And then he signed this year and only got to play a 16-game season. So he still hasn't pitched a full season since leaving Houston. Curious to see how he pitches next year. That's besides the point. I'm going to take the A's. They've been the better team all year, in my opinion. They're more well-rounded. Like Ryan mentioned, the bullpen's a little better. Uh, got to give credit to the White Sox. They're going to put up a great fight. It's going to go three games. I'm going to take the A's. So we had some disagreements here. Uh, we all had the Rays moving on. Uh Cole and I had the Indians. Ryan had the Yankees. So who do we think wins this division series? Do we have the Rays going on, or do we have them losing the series? Let's start with Ryan for the series. This is extremely difficult. And I'm going to end up going with the Rays. I think the Rays pitching in their bullpen is just it, – it really shows the advantage that they have over the Yankees. Light bullpen light years ahead of the Yankees. Starting rotation is very solid. They're very good hitting the ball. Not as much for power, but getting on base. I really like the Rays. So I'm going to take the Rays over the Yankees, but I think it's going to be a very close series. Um, <clears throat> Again, super tough. Uh, obviously, this is for Ryan. It's Yankees versus Rays for – Dominates Indians versus Rays. This is going to be a really good series. It's going to be very entertaining if it happens, um, which I'm confident it will. I mean, again, it's one of those I'm still kind of deciding. I do like the Rays, but I think it's definitely another series that goes at least four to five games. I think the Indians are just so good. You know, they've been playing very well. Um, you know, they kind of started off a little shaky, you know, really turned it around from that point forward have proven that even though they've lost, you know, really good starting pitching in the past, that they still have such a really deep, um, you know, load of guys who are going to be able to perform very well in the future. I mean, the bullpen looks good. The rotation looks good. This team's really hot, and they look really good going into the postseason. But I think the Rays, again, are just built from the ground up like a playoff and a championship-winning team. Um I think they definitely take this series, but I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to at least go four games, probably even five. Um, it's tough for me to say, but I don't know. I like the Rays in this one. I like their chances against an Indians team that, again, you know, there's some, they're super good, but I think the Rays are just going to, you know, prove to them why they're just that much better. Right, and you look at the two teams and their pitching staffs, they're almost even. Uh, two best pitching staffs in possibly all of baseball. Maybe the Dodgers are in that conversation as well. I I was leaning towards taking the Indians, but if you follow me on Twitter, you know how much I love the Rays. 
you know, you know how big of a fan I am of them playing baseball. I'm gonna take the Rays. I could definitely see the series going the other way and the Indians winning it. I'm gonna side with the Rays though. I think that their their deeper lineup and their ability to mix and match guys. Now we've seen the the Rays go with nine left-handed batters, and they could potentially do that going up against a guy like Shane Bieber, who you know is going to give you over 100 pitches. They could also mix and match guys if you do end up going to a lefty out of the bullpen, Oliver Perez, and even Brad Hand. So because of that, I'm going to give it to them. I think they have a much deeper lineup. The Indians' lineup is not that deep. They've got a couple of hitters in there, but it's not very deep. So I'm performing better, but I'm going to go with the Indians. So now we move down to the bottom. We all have the Twins, and then we're split on A's and White Sox. Do the Twins moving on to the LCS or no? Again, another really tough one. I, I mean, I have the Twins and the White Sox, but I think the Twins are, again, just the better team here. I think, again, they play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder after last season or last postseason, you know, getting swept. In a, in a pretty good series, or actually really not even a good series against the Yankees. Um, I think they came into this season, you know, with the ambition and with the um, with the attitude of, hey, we're going to we're going to try and, you know, win win the entire thing this year um, because they they have the talent. They have the guys who can get it done. And I think they've really taken that next step this year, you know, bringing in guys like Maeda and Donaldson who have really helped their lineup or their team, I feel like, um, make a huge difference in being the reason why they're, they are where they are. Um, and I think they kind of ride that against, again, an, in, an inexperienced but very talented White Sox lineup that they faced a lot this year. Um, so they know that team. They know it very well. And I think, again, experience really trumps talent here in the postseason. And I think they definitely take it. But – Again, don't discredit the White Sox. I think it's going to be a pretty good series. I see this one probably being decided, and I'd say probably, again, you know, maybe three, at least at least four to five games. Um, but, again, I mean, we look at the Twins lineup from last year and how it translates to this year. You've got, let's see, one, two, three, four guys with over 10 home runs this season. Nelson Cruz, again, I mean, the ageless wonder, you know, he just – seemingly gets better with age. I mean, he's putting up MVP caliber seasons at dang near close to 40 years old. It's just insane. Um, but I got the, I definitely got the twins in this one. I see them moving on to the championship series. Yeah. I think the injury to match Chapman is really going to hurt the A's in this one. So I'm going to take the twins. I see that offense is really good. And like you, like you said, Cole Kenton Maeda, uh, Barrios, they've had a lot of guys who are who have struggled, but they're starting to really get their footing and they're starting to play a lot better. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to go fast because Dom's computer is running low on battery, so let's try to get this done quick so so Dom does not get lost. No, you're good. Uh, I, I'm also going to side with the Twins. I think they're they're more of a complete team. I think that once the series goes past three games, uh, it doesn't really favor the A's. I think that they're certainly a great team. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're finally going to break out of that playoff little hedge. They're going to win a series. Of course, they're not going to get to that final prize like we all want. I'm going to take the Twins. It's going to be a great series, though. So, the uh, the championship series. We're, we're all over the place. Uh, so, Colt, 
who you got moving on to the World Series from the American League? So this matchup for me, I think, is Twins and Rays. So, again, a really good matchup. A lot of really intriguing matchups are going to be on display here in the American League um, side of the bracket. Um, you've got the Twins. You've got the Rays, both really good teams, both teams that have proven this year why they're just, you know, some of the best in the, in the league. You guys are probably going to disagree with me when I say I think the Twins are going to win this one, and I think they're going to get there in – Probably six or seven games. It's going to be a really good series. I think the Twins definitely have the edge in this one when it comes to the offensive side of things. They just hit the ball very well. Um, you know, again, pitching is a huge thing in the postseason. But I figure if they can get this far against other really good offensive teams, they should be able to hold the Rays, Rays at bay. It's going to be a matter of them getting to the Rays pitching staff that's really going to be the difference maker in this one and deciding them to get to the World Series. And, I mean, again, they got the pitching. Kenta Maeda was really good this year, 2.7 ERA with a whip at, at 0.75. That's insane. You know, Jose Brios, like Ryan said, you know, ERA was four. He struggled a little bit, but he's been really good when he's needed to be. And, you know, the bullpen's not that bad either. They've got Tyler Duffy, who was really good this year in 24 innings, 1.88 ERA, 0.79 whip, just super good as a setup guy. And then they had Taylor Rogers. There's a Trevor Rogers, I don't remember, one of the brothers, who had nine saves this year. I like the bullpen as well. And, again, I mean, is it the Rays pitching staff? No. But the Rays don't have the offense that the Twins have. So I think definitely if they can get past those two really high-powered offensive teams and pitch well against them, then they can definitely handle the Rays and they can get to the World Series. I take the Rays. I really like this Rays team. I think the pitching is what would shut down the – not, not completely shut down, but control the Twins' offense. I think their pitching is the best in the league with just a combination of the rotation and the bullpen, both extremely dominant. I really love how the Rays play the game. They're a small ball team, and that's what I loved about the Royals in 2015. So I am going to go the Rays, and I think they're going to make it to the Fall Classic. I'm also going to side with Ryan. I'm going to take the Rays. Uh, fun fact, the Rays actually scored more runs than the Twins this year. And the Twins actually allowed less runs than the Rays. Uh, that, that was a bit surprising to me, actually. Just check that out. I don't take the Rays. I've been high on them all year. Uh, I'm going to give my World Series pick, just in case my computer dies. Currently sitting at 4%. I'm going to take the Dodgers over the Rays. I had this matchup uh, at the beginning of the season. It's panned out. Both teams have the best record in the uh, it's not chalk. It's just the way that it's been. It's the way that I've seen it this entire year. The Dodgers are the best team. They finally get it done. And Dodgers, when you do get it done, get out of my way. Let the Padres have their turn, please. But I think the Dodgers do win the World Series this year. They finally bring that title back to L.A. Okay, I'm going to go real quick. I got Dodgers. This is their year. I said earlier, this is their year. They're going to get it done. And this could be the start of a little dynasty. This team is so good. They've got the pitching. They've got the hitting. They've just got the entire supporting cast. This team is so dangerous and is by far the best team in the league. This is their year. The Dodgers finally get over the hump and win the Fall Classic. Yep, it's 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 a it's a three way sweep here, if you will. Um, they literally and figuratively cover all their bases. I mean, they're just so good on every part of the stat sheet. 
I mean, they pitch well, they hit well, they play defense well. Every part of the game, the Dodgers play well. I think they get they handled the Twins easily in this one. I do think the Twins maybe win at least one or two games. So this game, this series goes maybe maybe six games. I just think the Dodgers are such a good ball club, unfortunately. Um, and you know, it's going to take a lot to handle them this year and for years to come. I mean, and that's just how they've been for such a long time. Um, and like Ryan said, I think this might be a start of a little dynasty. We'll see what happens. But I think the Dodgers are just so much better than everyone else in the league, and they're going to prove it this this postseason. Yep. So we're all unanimous in the Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, and then uh, Cole had the Twins. Ryan and I had the Rays facing them. Outside of our World Series champion, we were kind of all over the place, uh, with the exception of a couple of series, which just shows you this postseason is going to be so awesome. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our playoff uh, series preview. Hopefully we'll have something coming out to you before the division series starts this weekend. Uh, on behalf of Ryan Blank and Cole Bradley, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the postseason. Go Padres, and we'll catch you guys next time.